What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Midday with Trey and BK right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. We are taking you live until 1 o'clock, and we've got a loaded show on tap for you today. We're going to talk some Texas football. We're going to get into the controversy surrounding the Baltimore Orioles television broadcaster. And at the end of the show, a little bit of where are we at in society, where we'll take a look at the best foods coming to the State Fair of Texas in 2023. Trey, for the first time in the history of Texas Sports Unfiltered, Midday with Trey and BK is actually occurring during the midday. It's uh, nice to actually get to talk to you from 12 to 1, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to talk to you in the middle of the day once again. And uh, honestly, it was a lot of fun to get to do two hours first thing in the morning, the first couple of days, just to make sure that we're completely on top of things for the single hour with which we're currently operating in middays. Mm -hmm. And if you missed it this morning, Bucky made his Texas Sports Unfiltered debut. He and I went from 8 to 10, and that's going to be the plan moving forward. Bucky and BK weekday mornings from 8 to 10 live right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered, and then Trey and I weekdays from 12 to 1. As of now, subject to change, we might be uh, adjusting and tinkering in the not-too-distant future here, but as of now, Trey and I are rolling from 12 to 1. We've got a lot more on tap for the people too, Trey. Big announcements coming to Texas Sports Unfiltered. We're not just saying that. We're not just uh, providing a, a false hype here to keep you listening. Stay tuned because this is about to get a lot more fun. And BK, uh, first off, not to blow smoke up your ass. You don't need anybody else doing that. But you and Bucky sounded great this morning. That was hilarious. I popped on for a, a second. But wasn't it great to hear Bucky, this guy who has been in broadcasting for so long and is just an awesome individual, incredible storyteller, to operate from like a newfound sense of freedom like, I know people may think that I'm taking a shot. I'm not. Like, it was cool to hear him with a, a, a sort of sense of relief in his voice as he's talking about various things. I agree 100%. That's the beauty of this channel. You know, first of all, for the buck, he didn't have to wake up at 3.30 in the morning like he did for a number of years doing morning drive on the radio. And also, yeah, he just had to walk upstairs. He didn't have to drive into town to do his show. He got to do two hours of unfiltered talk. He said what he wanted. I said what I wanted. And it was uh, a lot of fun on day one. And I got a hunch that that fun is going to continue for a long, long time, man. Dude, that porta pot story was hilarious. <laughs> no, Kevin, I know it's porta potty. I'm shorthanding that one. Port o pot. Uh, and uh, look, we talked about how horrifying porta pots are to me and my family. I know you're not crazy about them either. For him to have to do that business there outside of a high school that has honored him in such a way, well, it's humbling to say the least. Yes, indeed. If you missed that story, check it out. You can find the video right here on YouTube, but you can also find the podcast on Spotify and Apple as well. And I also isolated the interview with Ricky Williams. So if you just want to listen to the great interview that we had with legendary lifetime Longhorn Ricky Williams this morning, you can find that in podcast form on Spotify and Apple right now. We'll also isolate that and post it as a YouTube video a little bit later so you could see the great ricky williams who was on screen with us for like 35 minutes trey I, I couldn't tell you the last time anybody's gotten to speak with ricky williams for that long the power of the buck man we got to talk to him for more than half an hour this morning was he broadcasting from a yurt he was in like some sort of special structure there but man he was you know he's such a cool customer it's it's so fun to listen to him talk about his time in football and just life in general too although i do have to admit 
I'm a little bit disappointed that neither, neither you nor Buck broached the Twitter issue with him. That mm. being me being blocked by at Rick the Laureate. Hey, I did text you towards the end of the interview, and I asked you if you wanted to pop on to ask the question, because that's your problem. It ain't my problem. He didn't block you because of me. <laughs> he didn't block you because of Bucky. He blocked you because of something you did. I wanted to give you the chance to hop on and ask you. He probably would have hung up there right away. He's like, to hell with this guy. I remember him. I remember what he said. He might have uh, left as soon as your face showed up on the screen. It's possible, but here's the thing, though. Like, if I were to ask a question to Ricky, I don't think that would be the first question that I'd want to ask. There are so many other things that I'm curious about. Like, obviously, this is a guy who is not only an incredible running back, one of the all-time greats at UT, and was a really good professional, too. But uh, he's also somebody who was going through things as a professional athlete and really getting mocked roundly in the process that has becoming, uh, become much more acceptable in modern times taking a break from the sport to focus on his mental health. Uh, yeah, I did take a break to, uh, to go indulge in psychedelics as well, but that's something that's obviously being talked about openly by Aaron Rodgers and others right now too. So I want to maybe hear a little bit more about that side of things and just, uh, just what he sees as how, how those various things have evolved over the years. Agreed. And it doesn't sound like that's going to be the only time we're going to get Ricky Williams on this yeah. channel. So plenty more to talk about with Ricky at some point in the future, but a pretty awesome first feature guest on Bucky and BK. Definitely check that one out if you missed it. And yeah, at some point we'll get to the bottom of why Ricky Williams blocked Trey Elling, who swears that Ricky Williams is his favorite all-time Texas Longhorn, why he's got him blocked on Twitter slash X.com, whatever the hell we're supposed to call it now. Favorite all-time athlete, regardless of sport. I've never said a bad thing about the man. I don't think I ever really tweeted at him or, or anything whenever – I was allowed to do so. And as I said, BK, the offer remains on the table. I know Ricky is a fan of the organ shifting massage. I remember seeing that on his Twitter back in the day. I will provide one of those organ shifting massages for him if you would like, if it would help my band get lifted. Yeah, I don't think that's going to help at all. If anything, he's going to like report you for spam and try to get you kicked off Twitter altogether. Like just having you blocked isn't enough. He needs everyone to have you blocked. But that's another reason why I love Ricky Williams because he's smart. He's got good judge of character and he clearly thinks you're worthless. And uh, that's awesome to me. Well, he's not alone. <laughs> no, he is not. So uh, we'll have some fun today. Um, and we'll start with some Texas football conversation. The preseason Davy O'Brien Award watch list was released yesterday, and Quinn Ewers found his name on the list. Now, look, I don't want to say that it's nothing, but there are 35 quarterbacks across the country who get named to this list each and every year. So uh, I don't even know if there are 35 returning starting quarterbacks in college football, to be perfectly honest with you, with the transfer portal and with how many guys go pro every single year. You might automatically get on this list if you just return to the same school that you were at the previous year. But obviously, there are some big names on this list. The reigning Heisman winner, Caleb Williams, is there. A Big 12 preseason player of the year, Jalen Daniels out of Kansas, is there. You've got Drake May from Carolina. You've got Bo Nix from Oregon, just to name a few. And we're not going to sit spend too much time talking about Quinn Ewers being on this list because, once again, that's not that big of an accomplishment. But I want to ask you, Trey, look, at the end of the year – You've got the college football award show that happens every season and they do finalists for all of these major awards. And the Davey O'Brien of course is a major award handed out to the top QB in the country. Do you think there's a chance that Quinn Ewers is at least a finalist 
at the end of the year. So a top three quarterback in the country. Do you think that is a realistic possibility for yours here in 2023? Absolutely, I do. And it's for all the things that we've been talking about over these last few months as to why we are buying on the Longhorn optimism right now. This is a completely different dude heading into the 2023 season. He has changed his hair, obviously, the body type. But I think most importantly, BK, it's the overall mentality. You take that to go along with the fact that he is more vocal as a leader now. And he has an insane amount of talent around him as well to throw the football to. On top of an offensive line that is continuing to take another positive step forward, hopefully, this season. And even though people are maybe sleeping a little bit on the Texas run game right now, uh, there are some dudes back there. And Steve Sarkeesian does not neglect the run game either, in part to protect that passing attack. So is Quinn uh, Ewers capable of finishing a finals? Absolutely. Is he capable of winning that award? I think so, too. And you just named some really good dudes at the position right now. Obviously, Caleb, uh, Caleb Williams is the headliner there. But yeah, Quinn Ewers is very capable of that. What say you? Man, I'm not as high on the chance of viewers doing that as you are, but he's got enough around him, as you mentioned. He's got enough around him to where you feel like this is a realistic, worthwhile conversation for us to have. He's got one of the best offensive minds in the sport, right? Uh, Sark still has some things to prove as a head coach, but I think we've learned over the course of his coaching career that he is really good at developing quarterbacks and he is really good play calling on the offensive side of the football. So the fact that he's got one of the best offensive minds in the country that's going to help. And yeah, you brought up the wide receiver room. It's a top five wide receiver room in college football. I mean, it's without question the best in the Big 12, but I think it's also a top five, if not top three, wide receiver room in the country as well with the top end talent, with the depth, with the experience that you have all up and down that wide receiver room. He's got a ton of weapons to work with on the outside. Oh, by the way, his tight end is projected in a lot of mock drafts to be a first round pick in 2024 and Jatavion Sanders. So you've got one of the best tight ends in the country as well. And he talked about it like the run game. Okay. You're losing Bijan. You're losing Rojo, but still you feel like Texas has some talented dudes back there. The offensive line should give Quinn Ewers enough time to be able to do what he needs to do in the passing game. Like everything is set up for Quinn Ewers to have a really, really good season. And look, there are some people who think Texas is a dark horse college football playoff contender, Obviously, if the Longhorns are in that type of conversation at the end of the year, it's going to be because Quinn Ewers has developed into one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So I don't think it's super far-fetched. Would I put money on it, though? No, I don't think I would. Just think about it like this in terms of what Quinn Ewers' successes can mean for Texas football this year. If he were just adequate last year, BK, when he came back and was playing throughout the second half of the season, if he was average – in terms of that quarterback play, Texas likely would have been playing for a Big 12 championship in early December. So if yeah. he can be better than average, if he can be good, watch out. This team is capable of a lot because that defense is still going to be very good. And uh, they will possess the ability when need be, although I don't think it's going to happen all that often, to get into uh, shootouts to win games as well. So uh, I'm really excited right now. I, I tend to be the guy dousing the uh, optimism for Longhorn football, but it really started to brew pre-spring practice, and it's only gained momentum since then in my mind. Started to brew? Does that mean Brew McCoy's coming back? Huh, he could. He's <laughs> about to be on a, what is fourth school this year, right? Did he transfer again? I believe so, yeah. Oh, or no, wait, is he still at Tennessee this year? 
I don't know, man. Who knows with that guy? I just remember that being like the biggest story surrounding Texas football for what felt like two years. And he just ended up not really being that good anywhere that he went to. Did you see that the NCAA has uh, started to uh, disallow guys from transferring to a third school and play immediately? Did not see that. Yeah, we've had a couple of stories surface. I think one guy at Florida State who literally moved back to the Tallahassee or t- to Tallahassee because he has a sick family member. It's like well documented, and the NCAA is like, "Good luck with a sick family member. You can't play this year." Ah, that's the most NCAA thing ever, right? That's the one time they step in. It's been open season in the transfer portal. Anybody can go anywhere and be eligible at any time, except the one time somebody actually has to transfer. The NC2A says, nah, you you can't do that. We have rules around here. All right. Yes. We're not going to let this become the wild, wild west. We would never do such a thing. Rules that we enforce subjectively, and sadly, our enforcement requires a level of respect from uh, our member institutions, and nobody respects us anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We're exactly. last few years in charge of college football, NCAA. It's coming to an end. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah. Back to your Ewers conversation. You're right, man. I mean, Texas was just a game out of being in that big 12 championship game at the end of the year. You think of the Oklahoma state game, you think of the TCU game, you think of just some of those moments that got away from him where he just didn't look like the same guy he was against Oklahoma. And he was in that first quarter against Alabama. If you just see a more consistent version of Quinn Ewers, then yeah. And once again, there are plenty of reasons to believe you are going to see a step up in class from viewers. A lot of it has to do with the talent around him. A lot of it has to do with the fact that, yes, he is a returning quarterback. Like last year, it's easy to forget that this dude should have been a true freshman in college football. And yes, you could say, well, he wasn't. He skipped the year and he was a college kid, so it was his redshirt freshman year. Well, yeah, by doing that, yes, he got to learn a college offense. He got to spend some time with some really talented players at Ohio State. You know what he also did not get to do, Trey? He didn't get to play. Like that That's a valuable year. Like a senior year of high school actually playing may have been better for the development of Quinn Ewers than doing what he did at Ohio State. I get why he did it. He wanted NIL money. I'm not going to fault the kid for trying to get his. All right, go get your money while you can, whatever. But this dude was basically thrown into the fire. New program, first-time starter, new system, trying to figure out what the hell was going on on campus around him, then trying to figure out what was going on with the football program around him, and then obviously trying to guide Texas to a really, really big things in a conference championship on the field. That was tough. All of that stuff, now, that can't be excuses anymore. The youth, the inexperience, the first-year jitters, that stuff is all out the window, which should lead to a much better Quinn Ewers. Yeah, where do you think Quinn ranks amongst Big 12 quarterbacks, BK? Oof, that's a great question. Yeah, you could ask a hundred different people this question and get a hundred different answers. Um, I, I think he's a top three quarterback in the Big Twelve. Okay. I think potential wise, he's number one. Like if Quinn Ewers does the things that we're talking about, I think he's got the best arm talent of any QB in this league. Uh, I think right now, just because of what I saw last year, I'd put Jalen Daniels ahead of him. No which question. Is crazy because we're talking about a Kansas quarterback being ahead of a Texas quarterback and an Oklahoma quarterback and every other team in the conference quarterback. But, yeah, Jalen Daniels I'd probably put ahead of him right now. Uh, I I think I'd go Ewers number two. I mean, Oklahoma fans might uh, hate that. They might try to make the argument for Dylan Gabriel because he's obviously done a lot over the course of his college career. Maybe Tech fans would want to argue against that. Maybe K-State fans would want to argue against that with what Will Howard did uh, towards the end of last season. But I would go – I'd go Quinn Ewers right now number two with a uh, very good chance to be the best QB in this league. Yeah, I'd have Daniels one, obviously. And I think I'd actually have Will Howard two right now. 
Like he showed me a lot last year. And while he's not a true, a pure dual threat necessarily, he can do some nice things with his legs, but he really impressed me as a thrower of the football. And I think when you get to Gabriel is where the debate with Quinn starts to come into play. And I, I probably have to give it to Gabriel right now just because of the body of work. But uh, Quinn has the potential to jump up to the top of that list this season. Man, Texas dodged a bullet with K-State not starting Will Howard in that game, didn't didn't we? I remember you and I talking about that at the time, and I'm like, I hope that they play Adrian Martinez because that plays into the strength of what that Texas defense was doing well at that time. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see what some of these guys can do for an encore, right? For Quinn Ewers, I hope it's a lot better. But for Jalen Daniels, for Will Howard, guys who kind of burst on the scene and uh, stepped up, I wonder if uh, those guys are going to be capable of doing what they did last year, maybe building on what they did last year. But it's going to be a fun year, man. A lot of question marks in this conference, but that's kind of why a lot of people think Texas is going to win this league. And Quinn Ewers is going to go a long way, obviously. That's just how it works with the quarterback going to go a long way into uh, determining who ultimately is playing in Jerry World in early December. Keep the comments coming. We appreciate all of the love. Speaking of love, thank you very much. God is love for those kind words. Shout out to our guy Sal for the shout out right there. Thank you very much. Yes, the Midday Show 2.0 is back right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. All right, before we shift gears and talk some Major League Baseball, because there's this wild story out of Major League Baseball that has really crossed over and become a national news story as well. The situation that's been going on with the Baltimore Orioles and more specifically the Baltimore Orioles television broadcaster. Trey, why don't you uh, tell the great people who are listening right now about the greatness of audio visual consultations? Oh gosh, audio visual consultations. Where do I start? 35 years in business, hooking up so many homes and companies over the years with top-notch audio and video setups. That includes the badass television setups at Pluckers and uh, so many other businesses like that around town. And both BK and me can uh, tell you about audiovisual consultations, quality of work, because we've had them uh, over to our respective places numerous times over the years. BK probably has some weird porn fetish setup with that four TV setup in his bedroom over time. Uh, I keep things a little bit more family oriented, uh, dream home theater setup in the downstairs area, video game nook upstairs. And uh, all you have to do to, uh, to learn about that work is find out for yourself. Give them a call. 512-255-8678 is that phone number. You can also go to avconsultations.com. And BK, have you thought about what the new setup is going to be in your uh, uh, Austin apartment that you're moving into in the next couple of weeks? I have not. I got to find an Austin apartment that I'm moving into in a couple of weeks first. Help. <laughs> and I can figure out what I've got next for uh, audiovisual consultations. I love how I'm shaking my head no when you're talking about me watching porn on those four screens. It's yes. I mean, I've done that multiple (laughs) times, and it is quite the enjoyable experience, let me tell you. Not quite, not quite VR like, but uh, the closest thing you can get to uh, to actually being there. Yeah, you are the one of the two of us who who has openly talked about regularly watching porn. I, I, I don't watch porn. It's not my thing. Accidentally, I happen into porn sometimes when Arch Manning's name is trending on Twitter because of the Arch name. But other than that, that's, that, that's the only porn for me. You're watching Arch Manning porn? No, no. There are videos that pop up after the first few stories of Arch Manning, and it just gets really weird from there. I wish Twitter would do a better job with that one. Mm, 
Yeah, well, that's what the X comes from, I guess, with the uh, X.com. Yeah, Pat, news on an app. It's coming. We are in the works of an app that will be available for free on the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store as well. So we're uh, hoping for some very good news on that front in the not-too-distant future. But, yes, there will be a free app so all of y'all can listen to audio-only versions of all of the shows on the go wherever you are. We're really close, y'all. Just stay patient. We appreciate the patience. It was more important to get going before we had certain things in place, but no that we understand what's important to you people and are working hard to make that happen. We're doing some beta testing right now, BK, which has nothing to do with giving the app to a bunch of spineless beta males. It's actually uh, going through the test to make sure things work properly. Well, you're the one doing the testing, so it's kind of the same. (laughs) You walked right into that one. You put that shit on a T for me, dude. Thank you very much. Oh, man. Quick shout out to uh, Altstadt Beer as well. If you followed my career, you know how I feel about the Altstadt Brewery and Altstadt Beer. It's my favorite beer here in Texas. It should be yours as well. Wherever you're watching or listening from, Austin, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, it doesn't matter. They've got Altstadt available for you. It's brewed in Fredericksburg, right in the heart of the beautiful central Texas hill country, but easy to find wherever you get your beer. They've got different brews for every beer drinker out there telling you there is going to be one for you it is the official beer of texas sports unfiltered it should be the official beer of you as well it's altstat beer no impurities no regrets all right trey so a big headline from the world of baseball started surfacing earlier this week and it was that baltimore orioles television announcer kevin brown had been suspended for comments that he had made on a broadcast of an o's rays game from last weekend and okay whenever Something like that pops up, you wonder, was it racist? Was it misogynist? Was it homophobic? Like, what What did he say, right? There's always a couple of things that your mind raced towards, and you're just like, okay, he clearly did one of these things, and that is why he got suspended. And it's just, that's how life goes in 2023. I want you to take a listen to Kevin Brown and the comments that he made during this television broadcast And you tell me if this was worthy of a suspension that he received from his own team, the Baltimore Orioles. For the Orioles, Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in. But the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three. And they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017. The last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the Trop this year after winning three of 18. The previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two, and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place. What'd you see? What'd you hear? I'm so confused right now as to why that got him suspended. Like the first thing that popped into my head the first time I watched through that is, is there more to this backstory that we don't know about? Like, is there something else going on between this play-by-play guy and the organization? Because that's what it, I, it, that's yeah. the offense, then 
the Orioles are overreacting in a pretty pathetic way right now. I think that's the offense, dude. I really do think that's the offense. I think the Orioles owner was so upset that the TV broadcaster was talking about how bad the team has been in recent years. And it's not like he was lying. The Orioles have been one of the worst teams in baseball over the last few years. And they have really struggled against Tampa Bay, especially in Tampa Bay. And oh, by the way, they put that graphic on the screen showing everything that the announcer was talking about. Yet the announcer gets suspended and nothing happens to anybody else. I mean, that is some of the most thin-skinned shit that I've ever seen in my entire life, that the owner of the team is like so embarrassed that his team has been the laughing stock of baseball over the last few years that he can't even have his broadcasters talk about it, which to me, it's crazy, Trey, because the fact that the Orioles have been so bad makes the story of the 2023 Baltimore Orioles that much better. Like, nobody expected this from these guys. They've got the best record in the American League, and it's such a surprise because of how bad they've been in recent years. They should be embracing that, like, oh, here's where we've been, and here's where we are now, yet their thin-skinned owner doesn't even want to talk about the past, and he's suspending broadcasters for bringing anything like that up. Yeah, the longer the Orioles let this drag on, the more it is going to have them just getting dragged by the national media. And by the way... Something like this will start to become a distraction in the locker room, too, if you let it go for too long. So the Orioles need to come out and be like, you know what? That was our bad. We we overreacted. Dude is reinstated immediately and business as usual. Let's enjoy the rest of the season here. Yeah. I mean, other broadcasters from around Major League Baseball have taken their jabs at the Baltimore Orioles. Sports writers all over the country yeah. have taken their jabs. And I saw this on CNN. I saw this on Fox News. Like this thing has crossed over that line and become a uh, a national story, not just in baseball, because it's just a ridiculous restriction of freedom of speech when the guy didn't even say anything that would even come close to being wrong. Yeah, boy, the Oilers, uh, the Oilers, the Orioles had uh, their hearts ripped out in Houston, speaking of the Oilers uh, last night, or, or by Houston, I should say, with that uh, grand slam in the ninth inning. How about that one? Oh, you want to watch that real quick? Not really, because I'm a Rangers fan, but it was still a really cool moment for Tucker and the Strohs. I heard that as a yes. Tucker was down early 0-2. Tucker sends one to right field. Back goes Santan there. All the way back and gone. He did it. He did it. A grand slam in the ninth. Not bad. Pretty badass moment for him there. Now, fortunately, the Rangers, fortunately for you and I, I should say, the Rangers did win in Oakland, got a nice performance out of the uh, the new guy, Max Scherzer, and uh, do remain in first place by a handful of games. Yep, yep. That was a big win for the Astros, down 6-3 to three in the ninth against the best closer in all of baseball. And for Kyle Tucker to come through, with that grand slam, a big-time moment for them. They stay three back of the Rangers in the American League West. Uh, the Rangers aren't losing much to the A's, so the Astros knew that they've got to keep pace during this series. That was a nice start to that three-game set in Baltimore, sending a message that, hey, maybe the Astros, despite not having the best record in the AL, not even having the best record in the American League West right now, they're still uh, the team to beat in the American League. And I showed you that highlight for one specific reason. I want to show you this. This goes back to the broadcaster story we were talking about. Take a listen to this chant that was ringing through the crowd at Camden Yards last night during that Astros-Orioles game. Unmistakable. 
Oh boy. Okay. Remember when I mentioned it becoming a distraction for the team? Oh, that distraction is squarely in the mix. Yes, it is. And the Orioles have come out and said that uh, Kevin Brown will return to the team on Friday. So it's not, uh, hey, we screwed up. We messed up. We'll reinstate him right now. No, he actually has to serve like almost a full week of a BS suspension for once again saying nothing that should have come close to warranting a punishment at all. Apologize, you dumb fox. Apologize. Yes, indeed. They won't. They're so cheap. They suck. It's such a shitty organization out there in Baltimore, and mm-hmm. they're going to screw this up. They've got so much young talent. feels like the future should be bright out there, but uh, odds are they'll find a way to mess it up because that's what they do with the Baltimore Orioles. All right. Thank you very much for all of the comments and all of the kind words. We do appreciate all of you guys for the love so far. The support has been overwhelming through the first three days of Texas Sports Unfiltered, and we can't thank you guys enough for jumping along for the ride. Let's uh, get. Haley looks like he's in the Matrix in that picture. Put that uh, Aaron Haley comment back up there. I mean, he looks like he's seeing ones and zeros there trickling down from the sky just kind of assumed that was a character from the matrix and not a picture of him, but maybe it is a picture of him. Call on that. We really appreciate the comment, man. Oh, Jacob Cortez need a hypothetical segment. We might have to bring back hypothetical Tuesday at some point. Shall we? Was that from you, uh, Katie and Rod? I think it was. Did we not do that beforehand? No. Remind me of what that segment is again. Oh man, it's uh, I just posed some hypothetical slash would you rather questions that we go back and forth on giving answers, and we might incorporate our viewers and listeners as well to get some of uh, their answers too. Absolutely, uh, super popular in Austin when I was doing radio up there, and super popular here in Houston uh, as I've been doing radio down here as well. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll find a way to incorporate that on this channel at some point. Jacob, appreciate the love and appreciate you following along. For such a long time. Uh, another shout out to one of our sponsors, SendTextTickets.com. If you are looking for tickets to any sporting event, Astros games, Rangers games, Texas Longhorns games, Cowboys, Texans, whatever, any sport, they've got you covered right there at SendTextTickets.com. Their tickets are all 100% guaranteed. You buy them online. They come to your email. It's so easy to use. And this stuff is legit. So stop dealing with the scalpers. Stop worrying about scams or fakes. Get legit tickets right there from the comfort of your own home at SentexTickets.com. Also, some love to 7-Eleven, our guy Ish, who runs the Monterey Oaks location in South Austin. Go say what's up to Ish. He's great people, big-time Longhorn fan. He's going to take care of you when you go to that 7-Eleven. But, hey, go to any 7-Eleven. They are your go-to convenience store for food, snacks, drinks, big gulp, Slurpees, all of the above. They've got everything you need to get through this summer heat here in the great state of Texas. So shout out to Centex Tickets. Shout out to 7-Eleven for their support of Texas Sports Unfiltered. Jacob, who asked about the hypothetical segment, is also wondering about the questions being truly unfiltered now on the hypothetical segment. Yeah, Jacob, that's what the name implies. It's a great question. And yes, that is absolutely correct. We will be very unfiltered with Texas Sports Unfiltered and especially the hypothetical segment that we incorporate on this channel at some point in the not-too-distant future. All right, Trey, let's talk uh, some college football realignment. I'm going to give you the floor here because apparently we have more things to talk about. Also, Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, had some interesting comments about the future of college football. 
What's uh, what's the latest with what's going on in college football right now? Well, Greg Sankey was on with Paul Feinbaum yesterday and uh, got into some uh, relevant topics for what college football has consisted of most of this offseason, including realignment, where the SEC stands versus uh, some of the other conferences around the country, the fall of the Pac-12, and then also the college football playoff. And if something needs to change with the college football playoff, now that we're essentially down to a power four in college football. And uh, while he did talk about some other things and unsurprisingly uh, said that the SEC doesn't need to go out West necessarily because, well, it's popular across the country already and across the world too. uh, the world too. He's not wrong about that. Uh, And uh, also that they're not really looking uh, to add any more schools period but he did leave a little bit open to the possibility in the future. So we'll, we'll stay tuned to that, but it would have to make a lot of sense for them to add another school to the conference right now. But as far as the college football playoff is concerned, he agreed that as a matter of fact, after the first two experimental years of the college football playoff in 24 and 25, they do re-examine that thing and come up with uh, perhaps a longer term plan for it. And uh, he had mentioned a, a couple of possibilities in this fine palm interview. One is that uh, you no longer have the six guaranteed spots in the college football playoff, which if we remember is essentially the power five plus one G G five champion, whichever is the highest rated to perhaps go with, uh, with schools that are all being selected, uh, whether or not they won a championship based on their overall ranking or diminishing that guaranteed number down from six to five with the poor four power five and then one G five conference too. So uh, what do you think about that? You know, based on the fact that we haven't even seen the 12 team college football playoff occur just yet, uh, is it already time to reconsider how they are thinking about those guaranteed bids versus just letting the 12 best teams into the playoff? They're going to have to reconsider what's going on, right? I mean, they're not going to give the winner of the pack four conference of Cal Stanford, Washington state and Oregon state an automatic berth into the CFP. So yeah, they are going to have to take a look at things before we even start dealing with the 12 team playoff and and they could easily go from six to five, right? Like you said, you've got four power conferences starting in 2024. You could just give the winner of each of those four, the automatic bid and then give the G five winner that other bid. And then boom, you've got seven at large spots. So one more than you originally had to give to uh, all of the other teams out there. I mean, this thing, it's it's never ending, man. It's so fluid. Like right now, I have no problem with the winner of the Big 12 and the ACC getting a spot in the CFP. But if you were to sit here and tell me that Florida State, Clemson, and Miami are all going to leave the ACC and go somewhere else, then I might have an issue with a, a spot going to the winner of the ACC because that conference might be too shitty to deserve a spot automatically. Obviously, they could get in to an at-large bid if uh, there was a team that was really good and deserved it, but you know, if this realignment stuff continues to shake out the way that it kind of has and you see more and more movement over the next few years, they're going to have to be fluid with uh, with how they ultimately decide this thing. Because right now, yeah, the four conferences, there's enough talent in each of what the four conferences will be starting in 2024, but that could very much change. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, it's the top four conference winners who get those first-round buys. So even if you have an SEC team, let's say, that's ranked second or third in the country, uh, they will be ranked fifth as it stands with the college football playoffs. So part of that is probably Greg Sankey maybe trying to defend against that. And you're right, BK. 
he is maybe uh, operating uh, several months, if not maybe a year uh, ahead in terms of thinking that the ACC may not be relevant for much longer and saying, look, to, to guarantee these bids to all these different conferences, we may not want that because there's a, a lesser brand of college football happening at some of these other places. Uh, so I can't wait to see what does ultimately occur here. I think it is heading towards uh, no longer guaranteeing bids. It is really about uh, that top 12 ranking. Maybe it becomes a top 16 over time. Uh, but Greg Sankey is proving once again why he is the best commissioner, uh, conference commissioner in college football uh, by speaking really smartly about these things in ways that, let's be honest, does pop probably help his conference out too in the long term. Oh, for sure. Uh, he's doing some pandering here. I mean, I think Greg Sankey wants to be the first ever commissioner of college football, right? A lot of people feel like that's where the sport is heading. Maybe it's going to break away from the NCAA. We talked about that earlier this week and just kind of become its own entity. Well, if college football gets a commissioner, Greg Sankey would be looked at as a guy who would maybe do a good job in that role. Some people hate him. You could point the finger and blame Greg Sankey for all of this realignment going on, right? Because Texas and Oklahoma getting invited to the SEC by Greg Sankey, and of course the schools too, but by Greg Sankey is sort of what started all of this unfolding and unraveling that we've seen in college sports. So I, you know, we're cool with it because we're going to the SEC. We're excited about that. We know Texas is going to be fine for years and decades to come, but a lot of people out there just can't stand Greg Sankey because they, they could point fingers and kind of blame him for these conferences falling apart the way that they have over the last few weeks. I mean, look, you can uh, you can blame Greg Sankey if you really want to, but he saw what was about to happen in the middle of this decade, and he also saw how college football was starting to change in drastic ways including through things like NIL, too. So I don't fault him at all for going out and getting Texas and Oklahoma. You could argue that there are other brands that are as big as Texas and OU, but in terms of what made the most sense for the SEC, I don't know if there were two better for him at that time or since then, for that matter. Mm. And back to the uh, college football playoff conversation, I think we do need automatic bids, Trey. I want eight automatic bids for the CFP. Top four teams in the SEC – the top four teams in the Big Ten, and then just four at-large teams. Probably <laughs> Notre Dame. They, they might just be an automatic type of team every year. So then three bids given out to the G5, the ACC, and uh, the Big 12. Let's, let's just roll with that because that's what the people are going to want to see anyways, right? Yeah, I mean, look, you're angling towards the uh, that official setup that is much more like the National Football League than 128-team uh, uh, college football field. And I'm probably <laughs> with you there. or I'm getting closer by the day. Uh, I don't think that'll ever happen unless, you know, the Big Ten gets to like 25 teams and the SEC gets to 25 teams. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the balance of power right now. I mean, look, the SEC and the Big Ten have already been the preeminent conferences in the sport for the last, what, 10, 20 years. But obviously once Texas and Oklahoma move to the SEC and once USC and UCLA to a lesser degree move to the Big Ten and then shoot Oregon and Washington on top of that with the successes that those two have had in recent years, uh, yeah, that power balance is going to be tipped even more. So there will be people who are just like, dude, to hell with these other conferences. Just just give us the best of the best, and uh, let's play this thing out and try to determine a national champion. I think because official money, or more official money, I should say, is on the line now with regards to what players are receiving, it is inevitable that you need to put more separation between those who are working with certain budgets and those who are working with significantly lesser budgets too. It's why I suggest that college football players probably should be 
signing employment contracts with the universities that they're a part of. That's not necessarily all of college sports, and it shouldn't necessarily be all college football programs. Just those at the top who are literally making tens of millions of dollars every year to put this sport on. And does it help them finance the rest of their athletics department? Absolutely. But there's enough to go around, too, that let's not act like we're stretching that paper thin in the process at a place like an Ohio state or Texas or Michigan or Oklahoma. Well, maybe Oklahoma to a degree or an Alabama or USC, or just pick any number of big time programs that do rake in that sort of money each and every season, even when they're not all that good BK. Yeah, that's a great point. That is a great point. And I wonder uh, where this thing is headed, but there's clearly money to go around and there's clearly ways to finance people a little bit more than they've been financed. And, we uh, also feels like we need some governance going on more than what we have right now yeah. in college football, not just people showing up on Paul Feinbaum's show and talking about what we need to do. No, some actual action to kind of regulate this stuff a little bit more than it's been regulated over the last few years. I will say this because, look, I am the first to happily drop my pants and shit all over the NCAA and what it actually is versus what it thinks of itself as. But in talking with people across college football this summer, including a number of folks at Big 12 Media Days, there are people who think that the NCAA might be able to get this turned around because Mark Emmert is no longer in charge, and Charlie Baker is. And Charlie Baker is somebody who is a former governor of Massachusetts, so he understands the administrative process as uh, as it's concerned with federal legislation with things like NIL. So they think that he is giving a sense of respect back to the organization that does allow it a chance to remain relevant in college football going forward. Now it's going to be a short leash. If the NCAA doesn't get its shit together quickly, then I think you will see an outright move by 26 uh, to something more like a college, whether it's still the college football playoff committee or something that has a slightly different name, they will leave the NCAA in the dust if they can't prove themselves fast. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't even know if they should be giving Charlie Baker a chance, right? Nothing against Charlie Baker. Just it's because of the ineptitude of the NC2A for decades now. Uh, It feels like some of their problems span pre Mark Emmert, not to sit here and defend Mark Emmert by any stretch of the imagination, because that guy did a horrible, horrible job. But uh, the issues with the NCAA have been going on for a long time. So maybe these schools are done it's going to be fascinating, man. We're, we're just, it feels like so much has happened, and we're just at the tip of the iceberg for, I think, what's about to unfold in college sports over the next decade or so. Yeah, you're right that Emmert wasn't the first bad guy necessarily. Emmert's problem, though, is that his NCAA was operating like five years behind where college football is heading, and they're fighting these battles where it's like, dude, this has already been decided. Stop trying to, to roll this one back and start being a little bit more forward-thinking here. The hope is that Charlie Baker can be a little bit more forward-thinking. My issue is one of the big things that they're trying to push through right now is not allowing college athletes to be considered employees of the universities. I feel like that's a losing battle, and they need to figure out a better way forward where maybe you do provide a clear separation, like Rick Pitino suggested a couple of days ago, a clear separation between college football and the rest of these sports because there is a drastic difference in the amount of money on the line. Yeah, you're not alone with that sentiment, and uh, it's an interesting thought right there. Keep the comments coming. We do appreciate the love. We got uh, Dave saying the ACC is going to lose Florida State and Clemson. Yeah, I don't think uh, anybody would be too shocked if either or both of those schools decided to depart at some point. BK, I mean, the fact that the ACC is reaching out to Stanford and Cal, and then the Athletic (laughs) reported yesterday that 
SMU is now on that list of schools that they're reaching out to. SMU. Oh my goodness. SMU, which was rejected by the Big 12, by the way. Yep. Wow. So you are putting yourself at or below Big 12 standards there, ACC. Yeah, I mean, they they may be unofficially done by the start of college football if this continues. That is crazy. All right, uh, before we get to where we at in society, another shout-out to uh, one of our great sponsors, Relax the Back. Our guy Jason Caldwell, great people. He runs the show at both Austin area Relax the Back locations, and he and the team at Relax the Back can help you Tackle that back pain that you've been dealing with for years. They've got everything in store to help make that back pain a thing of the past. Massage chairs, ergonomic office chairs, recliners, lift chairs. They've got Tempur-Pedic mattresses and so much more. They're not going to make you buy the most expensive thing they have. They are going to help you find the product that is going to get your back back on track. And they're going to make your life so much better. Check them out. Two Austin area locations, one at 183 and 360 next to Whole Foods, the other down south in the Hill Country Galleria. Relaxtheback.com is their website. They've got locations all over the state of Texas as well. So if you're watching in Dallas or Houston or San Antonio, go check out an RTB store. But uh, definitely if you're in Austin or Central Texas, go say what's up to our guy Jason over there at Relax the Back. And I'll also give some love here to Woods Comfort System celebrating 60 years of providing top quality plumbing and HVAC services. Our friends at Woods Comfort Systems are dedicated to keeping you comfortable in every season. They handle AC maintenance, repair, and installation. Also, heater repair and service. Yeah, you don't need that now, but as it uh, eventually starts to get cooler, and make sure your heater's working. Woods Comfort Systems can help you out with that. They've got attic insulation and they offer plumbing services. Once again, they've been around for six decades in Central Texas and they want to give you exceptional plumbing and HVAC services whenever they can. 512-842-5066, or check them out online at woodscomfortsystems.com. Real quick look at the comments line before we get to where we at, BK. CB says SEC is perfect for Florida State. I agree with that. Actually, I think if the SEC should add two more schools, they should probably start with Clemson and Florida State and Maybe North Carolina is not far behind. I'm not sure about a third school over there, but I think those two make more sense for the SEC than any others from the ACC. What about Miami? Uh, I think they. I think that those other two schools make more sense than Miami, but if you start adding a third and fourth, then it's probably Miami and, and North Carolina. I'm with you on that. All right, it is time for a staple of the midday show with Trey and BK. It is time for... Where are we at in society today? Right, it is your daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will provide a story that gives us all a sense of optimism that has us all saying, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. Perhaps all is not lost. But sadly, BK, today is not that day. Come on. People have to know better than to think I'm going to bring an optimistic story to light week one of this channel. I thought we had something, man. You had me for a second. You had me. And we start today, BK. Actually, is this a positive story? Wait a second. I'm having to reconsider this one now. It is a positive story. Okay. It's all about the State Fair Big Tech's Choice Award finalist that was released earlier today. And you know that I'm a sucker for fried food really one time a year. And it's Texas OU weekend. So I pay close attention to the new foods being offered up 
by the fine folks at the State Fair of Texas. I was going to say, I thought we were talking about this, and then I was like, uh-oh, he's about to pivot and talk about something shitty on where we at in society like he always does. Well, I do have a Taco Bell story that is uh, not so good, but I want to get to this one first because this one excites me a little bit more than trying to douse your Taco Bell dreams. Okay, fine with me. And so uh, do we? Uh, do you have uh, the... The list pulled up there on the StreamYard side. I'm sorry, I'm looking at an article Article right now. Yes, I've got it on screen. I think I've got the same article that you're looking at on share screen right now. So everybody who's watching can uh, can see what we're talking about. And obviously, if you're listening in podcast form, we'll let you know what the uh, what the foods are as well. All right, so there are two categories each year for the State Fair of Texas and uh, who they decide are the best. One is savory foods. The other is sweet in terms of the most important categories. And we now know the finalists in each. We're going to start with the savory finalist, BK. And it begins with deep fried cheesy crab tater bites, which is exactly what it sounds like. Crab and potato that have been deep fried that have uh, some sort of sauce over the top of them. There's some cheese on there as well. And, uh, yeah, some onions, bell peppers, celery. I mean, this really does sound like a fried crab cake. Does it look good enough for you to try if you make your way to Texas OU this year? I would try this, but I wouldn't go out of my way to buy this. If someone brought this to me and paid for it, then, okay, yeah, I'd give it a go. I'm intrigued enough to definitely try this thing, and I feel like there's a chance it would actually be very good. But uh, there are so many other fried options that I would prefer over this that I wouldn't go out of my way once again to find this thing at the State Fair. Yeah, so my gauge over the years has become, would I take this over a Fletcher's corn dog? And this is a clear no for me because there is an unwritten rule at the State Fair of Texas, and that is don't order seafood at the State Fair of Texas. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, look, I'm kind of a seafood snob. It's really the only snobby food thing that I have. Just uh, living so close to the coast over the last few years and getting to fish with my old man and like getting to literally catch stuff and then cook it right after that. Like, I've gotten so used to fresh fish that the only thing that gives me hope on this is that it's fried and I feel like frying anything makes it edible. But uh, yeah, that's not a bad rule of thumb to follow is to avoid seafood at the State Fair of Texas, maybe in Dallas in general, honestly. (laughs) <laughs> there are a few places in Dallas. Rex's is a decent seafood spot, but yeah, for, for the most part, you're probably not wrong about that. All right. The next savory finalist is simply Turkey ribs, a new twist on holiday classics. Take, take the best part of Turkey that you never knew you loved, gently fry it and serve it with stuffing seasoned fries. That's interesting. Homemade giblet gravy and a secret salsa recipe. You can order it Texas-style with barbecue sauce, fries, gross, jalapenos, and pickles. You'll crave it come with the holidays, but you'll only get it during the Great State Fair of Texas. This is probably another pass for me, if I'm being honest. This is not. This doesn't look anywhere close to the Fletcher's Corn Dog, and I think that uh, the barbecue sauce fries edition is completely unnecessary, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm intrigued by the stuffing seasoned French fries. Like that is the most uh, attractive part of the description that you just read for me. But yeah, I think this is a pass for me. I'd rather have the uh, the first thing that we talked about than try this. I do love Thanksgiving food, but I don't want it in 105 degree weather walking around the state fair 
and trying to eat all of that. It's too heavy for that. So I'll uh, I'll probably pass on the turkey ribs exclamation point as well. In complete agreement there. This next one has a ton of potential, though. It is the Oxcellent Soul Roll from Kirsten and Sean Thorns. And it starts with beef oxtails that are slowly simmered for hours. See, I'm already in. Yep. Slowly simmered for hours until rendered tender, juicy, and full of flavor. Tasty chunks of meat and crumbled homestyle cornbread are then added and paired with rich butter, celery, and sweet onions. The hearty beef mixture is rolled into a, a light and flaky, crispy spring roll and served up deep fried. This is a big yes for me. This may be the thing that I am looking for the most at this year's State Fair, BK. Here, here. I am in on this 100%. Big fan of oxtail, big fan of fried food, big fan of egg rolls, and you found a way to combine all three of these into one. Uh, yeah, sign me up. I am all about this. Yeah, Worlds Colliding doesn't always work, but in this instance, it sounds like a big-time winner. Unfortunately, our next example, I think, is uh, an ex- uh, is things coming together that turns into more of an SNL commercial than anything else. That would be the Loaded Fries Pizza, which is essentially a, I don't know, a bacon pizza that has french fries as one of the ingredients as well. This just looks like entirely too much. This looks like entirely too little. This is perfect. This is one of the greatest pictures I have ever seen in my entire life. Is that right? They found a way to combine like a bunch of my favorite foods and put it on a pizza? Are you kidding me? Bacon, fries, cheese, pizza? Does it get better than that? These things are are all rich enough on their own. I don't need these worlds coming together. No thank you. You're against this because you're against good taste. I mean, it's as simple (laughs) as that. You, You don't like flavor. You don't like taste. You're a healthy guy. This thing is chef's kiss perfect. Job well done by whoever put this together. This uh, this has my vote so far. I may have to give a chef's kiss to the next one, the deep-fried pho, which is bringing Vietnamese food to the State Fair of Texas. It is uh, essentially a spring roll that has been deep-fried. Uh, it does include a combination of noodles, of course, which is uh, an, a key ingredient in pho, Slices of beef, fresh herbs, bean sprouts, and that pho broth that is then deep fried. And it looks like you have a vinegar sauce to dip it in on the side there and some jalapenos and uh, a, a lime wedge there to squeeze into it. Yeah, this one's going to be really good too. Count me in on the deep fried pho. Uh, I think I'd give this a go okay. because it's deep fried. But I don't know if you remember this about me, Trey. I hate soup. Mm. I mean, I fucking hate soup in all forms and fashions. Well, that's healthy. So the normal pho in soup slash broth form is a no-go for me 10 times out of 10. But because this doesn't look like there's soup involved uh, and it's deep fried into an egg roll looking thing, then I am willing to uh, put my hatred of soup aside and uh, give this thing a go. Okay, well, that's on the list then. It's number Mm -hmm. two for me and maybe number three for you based on what we've read about so far. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. All right, and that is the savory finalist. Moving on to the sweet finalist now, and there are some really good-looking options here. I'm going to be honest. There's one that I feel like there's maybe some nepotism involved or something, like one of the judges' uh, half-witted relatives somehow snuck one into the finalist list, but it's not going to end up as the overall winner. But we start uh, in better places beginning with the Biscoff Delight. 
Do you know what Biscoff cookies are, BK? I do. I've had them a few times in my life, but not a ton. They're they're the when you get the really good cookies on certain flights, and I'm forgetting what airline does this. If it's Definitely not Delta after hearing Bucky stories. There's no way it was Delta coming through with those. Or if it was Delta, they'd either be soggy or stale or some combination of the two. <laughs> but uh, Biscoff cookies are not bad. I mean, they're little sh ginger sh shortbread cookies, I guess, if I'm trying to describe them. Well, this is a, uh, a cake, essentially, or a pie that is all about the Biscoff cookies. They actually have an outer layer of crumbled Biscoff cookies, that uh, has been deep fried, of course, to give it a nice crunch. And uh, there's a, a bit of a pie filling on the inside, too. This looks interesting. I think I would only maybe have a bite or two in me at the most, as is typically the case with the uh, the sweet fried foods. But yeah, yeah I'd give this one a go. Yeah, I'd split this one with you. I agree with just about everything you said. I don't think I would want a full piece of this deal, but uh, I would absolutely give this thing a try if uh, a few other people were willing to try it with me. And moving on to the bourbon banana caramel sopapillas. That's exactly what it sounds like. It is sopapillas with caramel, banana, and bourbon deep fried. Hard yes for me on that one. Oh, man. Yeah, what a combination right there. That is very well done. That, uh, that will be tried at some point this fall at the State Fair. Great, great idea. I'm surprised it took somebody this long to come up with something like this, but this is a phenomenal concoction that they put together. Hopefully, if you're watching on YouTube, you could see the picture. This thing looks delicious. Hopefully, it tastes as good as it looks, Dre. That's one of those that looks really hard to screw up, too. Yeah, I think you're right. I hope you're right. And this next one is operating on a bit of a novelty, but I'll give them credit. It is the fried cherry pie in the sky. It is a deep fried cherry pie that comes with a side of blue vanilla ice cream that does have some candied cherries and whipped cream on the top. Um, you know, it's, it's not the most creative necessarily, but I would understand why somebody would taste this and think it was really good. Hell yeah. That's a great combination right there. Fried cherry pie, bingo, bluebell ice cream, bingo, listeria. Do we get it? Do we not get it? Uh, you got some suspense when you take a bite. That's a nice <laughs> twist, but, uh, <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, like you said, I mean, this is not the most creative thing that we've ever seen when it comes to uh, State Fair of Texas food items. But hard to screw up a, a good fried pie and with Bluebell on the side. That's a, that's a can't-miss combo right there. So I'm in on this one. And moving on now to the what in the actual fuck entry for the State Fair finalist on the sweet side of things. We have the sweet Encanto, BK. What is that, a fruit salad? I am just going to have to read it for you. Sweet Encanto is the ultimate sweet delight that is sure to satisfy even the sweetest tooth. Can you say sweet one more time, please? A round waffle is lightly sweetened. Yes, they can. With caramel dolce de leche that is swirled perfectly on a wafer. A specialty cream with slices of strawberry, kiwi, peach, and shredded coconut is added. Then this is topped with raspberry jam and drizzled with sweetened condensed milk. Take advantage of this amazing opportunity to indulge in the best flavors of Latin America and taste the magic of sweet Encanto. Um, this isn't deep fried one, and it also doesn't look that good either. How in the world did this make it to the sweet finalists this year is my question. I'm giving this the Tom Herman double birds, Trey. <laughs> no chance I'm trying this. Way too much fruit in the picture and way too much sweet in the description. This is against everything dessert should be. 
I have no idea how this made it as a finalist. I have no idea how this got approved to be in the state fair in the first place. That's a bad bit all around. Yeah, I agree. And the last one is a drink, and I I don't know if you would uh, you would indulge in this one or not. This is a pass for me. I don't like really sweet beverages, but it is a uh, a lemonade that also blends summer fruits, crisp cucumbers, and fresh mint. It is called the Trail Aid, and it is served, even though it's non-alcoholic, it is served in a cowboy boot, and I'm guessing you can probably go find a bar to get some alcohol put in this thing. But the Trail Aid is the last of the sweet finalists for the State Fair of Texas Big Tex Awards. There's no booze in there? I don't believe so. Wow. Well, I am kind of intrigued by this because this does sound like a very nice mixer. So if you've got a flask of something that you're bringing into the state fair and you combine it with one of these, I think you could do worse. Yeah, you probably need to go like a quarter of that stuff, though, because it is going to be super sweet and the rest being vodka or gin or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd pour half of this out and then fill the other half up with uh, a clear liquor for sure. And uh, that would get my day started right. But hell, I might buy this just for the glass. Or I'm sure it's not glass. I'm sure it's plastic. But it is pretty cool looking with that boot. I kind of dig that. I'll buy you a plastic boot. How about that? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. It'll probably cost way fewer coupons at the store than it will at the State Fair of Texas. Yeah. For somebody who hasn't been to the State Fair in a few years, by the way, the, the booze is flowing much more freely than it has been in the past, including liquor sales. They actually have beer sales inside the stadium now too. So they've either evolved or devolved, however you think about uh, alcohol being made more widely available at the state fair recently. Very good. All right. Before we get out of here, I want to give some love to one more sponsor, our friend Brandon Marsh over at Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rental. They've got all of the equipment you could need for any project that you may have. If it's something small at the house, if it's a large construction project, if you're a business owner and you just need to get something done, reach out to our buddy Brandon at Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals. They've got a massive selection of rental equipment for everything. They've got all of the biggest brands. They are Austin's number one source for all of your equipment rentals, sales, and supplies. Yeah, it's not just rentals. If you want to buy stuff too, you can do that at Top Gun. They have been the best in the business since 19. 19- 96. Two Austin area locations, one up north in Anderson Square, one down south on South First. Check them out online, topgun.net. They will shoot you straight. All right, Trey, before we say goodbye, we have a friend who would like to say goodbye. Okay. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> There it is, the man inside the dog costume bidding all of us adieu. As that wraps up a Wednesday edition of Midday with Trey and BK. Trey, great job, my friend. Likewise, my friend. Talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for watching. The regular lineup is finally regular. Bucky and BK, we were on this morning from 8 to 10. We will be on every weekday morning moving forward from 8 to 10. And Trey and BK coming your way live from 12 to 1 right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Thanks again to all of our sponsors. Thanks again to all of you for watching and commenting along throughout this video. Please like this video if you haven't yet and subscribe to this channel as well. Make sure that little notification bell is turned on so you always know when we are dropping new content right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Until next time, y'all stay safe, y'all stay healthy, and hook them.